Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Today's episode is brought to you by Fulton, a modern brand of arch support. Fulton launched the most comfortable, supportive, and sustainable insole on the planet. Fulton insoles have a deep heel cup and comfortable arch support that aligns your body from head to toe. They are made using sustainable materials like vegan cactus leather and cork, allowing them to mold to the shape of your arch and provide customized support. They are also shock absorbing, reducing impact on the body and are lined with natural foam to make them extra comfortable. Now, I know personally, I have been using insoles now because of me running. I run multiple races a year. And let me tell you, if you don't take care of the insoles and the arch of your foot, you won't be able to run as often as you need to or or as well as you want to. Fulton is offering our listeners $10 off your next purchase at walkfulton.com by using the code POD10. That's code POD10 for $10 off at walk. That's W-A-L-K-F-U-L-T-O-N.com. Check out the website to see how Fulton can support you. Happy Friday. I am so excited to be with you for another week, another podcast. We have a lot to talk about. I mean, we really do. There's a lot that has been going on, a lot that has taken place, and it would just be such a wrong thing to do if we didn't get to all of the topics, but we're going to try our best to make sure we get them all covered for this week. If this is your first time, Don't make it your last. Get comfortable. Grab your favorite drink of choice. If you're working out, go harder. We see you. We send that energy back to you. Whatever you're doing while you're listening to this, get comfortable. Know that this is always going to be as safe a space as we can possibly make it. And always, there's always going to be a time where a topic may trigger you. I think we have to always say that for all of our topics because when we're talking about self-care, when we're talking about becoming a better person, sometimes we have to go backwards to deal with the things that we may have have left dormant to go forward. You can't really go forward when you don't deal with the things that you have in your past. It just doesn't always coincide. So I always say that just because, you know, I don't want someone emailing me saying, well, I didn't know that this week was going to be hard. It's only going to be hard if this, if something that we're talking and discussing is a trigger. And if it's something that's sensitive to you, I always just want to preface that, that there's always a possibility that that could always be. This has been a long week. I say that every week because every week is long. Like when is there not a long week? But the one thing we can say is that we got through it. Today is the last day of April. Can you believe that? We are in second quarter, first month of second quarter, and it's already done. This is it. This is the last day. So with that in mind, I always like to end my months, even as a content creator, Um, as you should know, I am not only just a podcaster, I am also a blogger at Toy Time. So that's T-O-I-T-I-M-E dot org. And again, I call this like my blog cast, not a podcast, a blog cast. So it is an extension, a verbal extension of the blog. No, I am not about to sit here and read a blog straight through. That is not the style that we do here. We have simple conversations that I hope that will evoke some type of thought process, makes you think, makes you put things into perspective. And again, that pushes the buttons for you to do things like self-care, taking care of your mental space. If you need therapy, this is the podcast that's going to tell you, go get the help that you need. There's no reason to walk around this earth unhappy, unsatisfied, and unsettled. Just, just not. So let's try to do better on what we do with our lives and the way that we move. Because remember, if you're looking at somebody on their social media, even if you come to my um, social media pages for the blog, they're only snippets. 
Some people get really carried away with these snippets and start to compare themselves to believe that their lives are not in line because they don't seem to make all the right choices. They are in a dump. They feel like they're in this slop. Uh, uh, so I want to call it like a slowful place where they feel like things are not moving the way that they should. Listen, not only have I been there, I have almost existed there for quite some time. And I understand how that how that feels and how draining that must how draining that must be because I've been there. But what I do know is that again, like last week's episode, if we stay the course, if we don't give up on ourselves, the worst thing you can do is not by not having the things that you have, it's by giving up. Like you could really be on your way up. And as you're on your way up, have this inclination to just be like, I'm done. I can't take one more step further. I cannot do this anymore. I don't want to try anymore. I, I tried so many times. I got no so many times. And you can't stop at that. If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, do yourself a favor. Listen to it. I'm no Houdini. It's not like by listening to the podcast, you're just all of a sudden your life is going to align. But I will tell you this. It may be the one encouragement that you haven't heard all week. It may be the missing piece of the puzzle that you just needed to connect. And for that, I say, listen, right? So this week has been interesting. Um, first, before we get too deep into our conversations, I have to now, I feel like this is like the third episode where I've had to do an RIP. Uh, we did DMX, we did Black Rob last week. And this week we have to say rest in peace to Shock G. Shock G, aka Humpty Hump from Digital Underground passed away. And listen, I... Now, listen, don't get it twisted. I wasn't like a professional dancer, but I was one of those dancers that could back in the day, you know, when I was a kid, I used to enter into these dance competitions. I think I talk about not competitions, but dance offs with people. And it would be like for real money. It wasn't for play play. And my sister and I, I have a twin and my sister and I would always like tag team. And we would win like we came in there. I don't think it was like the twin thing. We don't look alike. So it wasn't that like we literally just had a passion for dancing and moving. And it's just, you know, one, the Humpty Dance was just one of our favorites. And I'll just say mine. I won't say it's hers because maybe she don't feel that same way. But I know we killed it when we did our dance and our routine to Humpty Dance. Back then, I think I won. I think we won like $100. And, you know, my mom probably took that money, to be honest with you. And I know my mom's going to be like, why you keep throwing me up the bus? But she probably did. You know, mamas, they always take your money. You don't always get the chance to spend the money the way you want to. But, yeah, so it's just a real shock. So I want to say rest in peace to Shock G and to his family, um, his friends, people in the industry, people like us who are fans. Um, we listen to Fridays. So every Friday in our household, we do um, like a Friday. I don't know what you want to call it. What do we call it? Fun Fridays. So we have music that we play first thing in the morning. Now, we do do that sometimes throughout the week only because I personally believe that music is one of those great motivators when you are having a rough day, when you are having a rough time, when you feel like your mind is not fully connected. If you start your day off with just music, uplifting music, fun music, music that gets you moving, gets you motivated to start your day. So on Fridays, we have our fun Friday. And last Friday, of course, we did all music digital underground, the Humpty dance, all of it. And it was fun. And I always love to make sure that my kids are surrounded by good quality music, not just, you know, some of the stuff that's out, you know, on TikTok and things of that sort, which I'm not against. I love watching TikToks. But we wanted to make sure that we honored him by making sure we played it. And we've played it plenty of times before, but it just had a special meeting to do it last Friday. So um, rest in peace to Shock G. And while we're still talking about resting in peace to you know these icons we're losing a lot of icons lately you know dmx had passed we talked about that two episodes before and his funeral was this past weekend and it was sad but beautiful it was a sad but beautiful service if you didn't get a chance you can literally look on youtube and you will see various people who have um, uploaded it recorded it whatever the case may be i have nothing to do with that i know i watched it I watched it live, so it was very moving. I can talk a lot about Kanye West, but what I will say, Kanye West is and will always be a musical genius. His ability to hear music is beyond um, even some people's comprehension, but his ability to bring his uh, Sunday, I think Sunday best or Sunday choir together, they did an amazing job. I think that was requested um, by DMX's family or camp, and they did great. 
to see all of the bikes, I mean, they literally were going over the New York, the Brooklyn Bridge and things like that to go to his funeral. It was amazing to watch. I loved how they put his casket on top of like um, one of those bigger trucks and um, long live um, X. It was amazing. So if you haven't gotten a chance to watch it, but one of the things that I'm going to talk about that happened during the funeral, although all the speeches were great, I'll say two things. One I would say that his ex-wife, is it Tashara, Tashira, she did an amazing job by supporting his DMX's current fiance. Um, DMX had been married for a long time and yet she was very graceful in how she addressed the fiance. I thought that was amazing. And like she said, real women do real things. There's no reason for her to have an issue with how he moved on. Um, she, you know, is a, is a, is an amazing woman just from the things that I have seen about her. So I, I love that. I love watching the kids do their tributes to their father. It just was all, you know, funerals are already set. I have a very big fear of funerals. I don't know if people know that. So that's one fact that you may not know. I do have a fear of funerals. I've gotten a little bit better, but I remember when I was like 12 or 13, I went to like my first funeral and I got sick and I believe it, yeah, I got sick and threw up. It was a mess. Like I just cannot do the whole viewing process. Um, I've had to obviously get a lot stronger in that because I've lost very close people, you know, to me. And so I've had to get over it. But I, if I had a choice, I would probably go to no one's funeral. And that's just to be honest, like if I had a choice and it wasn't something like, that's why I'm very selective of whose funeral I go to. Because I don't feel like putting myself in that emotional um, state. And if it's not somebody that I truly like am sad about. So I don't go. I send my condolences. I will send, a, you know, some meals over to the family's house. I'll send flowers to the church. I will hold your hand up after the, everything is said and done. But I'm not going to everyone's funeral. But DMX's funeral, amazing. Um, today's topic that we're going to talk about is does trauma have an expiration date of which if you lived on the planet, if you've lived with, and listen, you can define trauma by any level that you choose to. What I define as trauma may not be traumatic to you and vice versa, but trauma to me does not have an expiration date. I do believe that we do things to heal, but it never goes fully away. It's always in the back of our mind. It's always in our memory. It's something that we bring up. So we will always, this is going to be our topic for today. Does trauma have an expiration date? I, I think it does. It does not. I mean, I should say it does not, it does not have an expiration date. And I say because a lot of our trauma, the things that we have gone through are what shapes us into who we are. I, and the reason why I want to talk about this topic is because Oprah Winfrey has, I believe, done a book. And in this book, she talks about some of the traumatic issues. Now, we've heard some bits and pieces about um, Oprah. I believe she was raped as a young girl or a young woman. And she had been abused. Um, she had lived with her mom and dad, like kind of back and forth and but stayed with the grandparents. And when they died, she had to go back and forth between the parents and just how cold and calculating that they have been. And now we're hearing her story again, or at least hearing it in larger portions. And I was surprised. I was a little shook to read the comments that people were saying, such as she has all this money. She I don't believe her. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, if money was a way to erase trauma, there would be a lot of people who were happy, healed and rich. But there are a lot of people, whether you are poor, rich or indifferent, that have trauma that are not healed. I've said this before in, a, in the podcast, and I'll say this again. You some people are walking around at the level of where they were traumatized and can't go any further. So that means they could be grown bodies walking around at the age of six, seven mentally because they cannot get past whatever traumatic experience. And just look at DMX. DMX has been forthright with coming about his abuse that he has endured by his mom and things that he had going on. You heard it in his music. You heard it in his testimony. And so even though he has kids of his own, even and he had like 15, 15 kids, 15 to 17 kids, even with all of that, he still carried, you know, these demons, this traumatic trauma on him and in his life. And it comes out in different variations, even myself, things that I've been through, things that irk me, things that that tick me to a certain extent, I will talk very candidly about them. So if you follow me, like, and I try my best not to do that, but sometimes things will 
again, this thing called a trigger. Somebody will post something that will trigger you and you'll be like, wait a minute. And so sometimes you speak on it. Sometimes you don't. I have a therapist that I have. I've been in therapy on and off for years, but I will talk to my therapist if I'm in a situation where I feel overwhelmed because I want to become better at handling it. But just because you become better at handling it doesn't mean that it goes away. There are things that has happened to me that I had it's and millions of times I thought I had gotten over, right? I thought that I had gotten to a place where I was fine. I thought that I had gotten to this place where it did not bother me anymore. I wasn't, you know, I'm, you know, people say I'm so unbothered. Most of the time when people say they're unbothered, they're probably the most bothered in the room, the most bothered in the room. If you have to make a church announcement about it, if it's coming out of your spirit, out of your mouth, it's usually where the your issues of the heart is where the issues of the heart is it flows out of the mouth. So when you speak on it, it's usually usually a place where you have the most struggle. It's that's just what it is. So trauma to me does not have an expiration. And because it doesn't have an expiration date, there's two things that goes along with that. First of all, other people should not be able to pay for the trauma that you experience should not. That doesn't mean that people are not trying to make people do that. Or if you're a parent, and you've had trauma in your childhood, and you start to have kids, and you can literally pass that trauma on to your children, if you do not take full responsibility for it, and you don't get the help that you need. By getting the help, it doesn't mean that it erases the situation, it does not erase the pain, it does not erase the hurt. Do you know how many people are still having to walk around the people that have traumatized them? They're constantly around them. It's a constant reminder. And so people don't heal. People can get better at handling it. They can get better at knowing their triggers. They can be better at knowing that it's going to happen. So to pull back to self care, to write down in their journal, to use gratitude, to do all these different tools to get past that moment. Because sometimes things just happen that, again, they trigger and a trigger can happen in a moment. For instance, I've been very forthright. I have what's called episodic depression. So when something happens, it doesn't have to be the same thing. But if it mimics the same feeling of something that I've experienced, then that's when I have to be very much on guard. I have to be aware and start going into my toolbox, which is why therapy is a great tool for me. And I would encourage other people to try to get that into their toolbox is a way for me to recall the things that I learned, recall the skill sets that I learned to remember what I have gone through is, is temporary, but it doesn't change the way that I feel about it. If I've had this long tr situation where I've been abused, if I had whatever the case may be, that's not walking away. That's not going away. That's not going to stop just because time, you know, people say that time heals all wounds. I think time sometimes lessens the effect, but it doesn't take it all the way. There are going to be times when you're going to feel that sting, that pain. And if nothing else, let something else happen that even uh, mimics it. That's why I deal with my episodic depression. Because it's very easy for me to pretend or put this facade on or act like um, you just everything is great. But I personally don't allow myself to do that. And if I don't, if I do, I don't allow that to happen in front of my husband and my family. I am very true and honest about where I stand and where I am, because I don't feel like for me that I can hide in my healing. Like I cannot go through something and hide it because for me to hide it, it makes me more angry. It makes me more frustrated. But that's, again, the tools that I learn are things that I cannot do. For instance, I had a very authentic conversation with my husband this past Sunday, and I had to let him know, like, I'm ups really upset lately. I, I don't and I, it was it happened for about, I want to say a 24 hour to 48 hour period. But I had had these moments happen a little bit more frequently. And as I talked to my therapist, I do believe that because of my birthday coming up, there is just some thoughts and processes about my life. Um, and a lot of people don't know, and it's not a secret. I've talked about it in various forms, but my biological father, I have never met him. And there was a point in time when, you know, when you're young, you're like, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, you know, why didn't my father want me? And there's thoughts about that too. But for me, as I've gotten older, 
And as I begin to research, like I've have, I have access to, I have access to him where I could reach out to him. I have not decided whether or not I'm going to do that. I do have access to his family. I should say, I guess my family as well. And I have reached out to those and I have somewhat of a working relationship with most of them. Meaning if I call them up, I can talk to them on the phone. We're not the type that's calling each other. I'm not sending them Christmas cards or anything like that, but I have a working relationship with them. But as I've gotten older, that part of me just wondering like what it would be to have him in my life along with my stepfather. Cause I don't believe that that situation would have changed my stepfather's role in my life. But knowing that that is a sore spot for me, that has been some of the things that I've had to work out. What is wrong with me that I wasn't accepted? And then as I gotten older and realized that he's had other children, I mean, even another set of twins, as I've said, I'm a twin as well. That thought process is like, okay, well, you, you know, you've obviously had two sets of twins, you've had more, you know, more children, you know, which children do you decide to value? You know, obviously me and my twin weren't in the lineup of that, but what made these other moms or what made these other children more valuable, quote unquote. And as I've learned more about him, and of course I have to learn more about him through the the lens of the people that are closest to his side, not necessarily like through my mom. She's not the type of person that's like throwing shade or, or anything in his direction, but through the lens of the people who, I would deem to be the people that he would love the most or at least are the closest to him. I have learned that I haven't missed a beat. Like the direction that my life has taken was what it was supposed to be. And even though I know that in a broader sense, it doesn't change the trauma from happening. Like you think about it and you're like, you know, I could get in the car right now and go to my, um, my hometown or the town that I was born in and I could put eyes on him. But the scary thought of that is then what will that what will that trigger in me? Like, how would I truly feel? So again, this is why I am a huge component of therapy, because when these triggerish moments happen, or when trauma, because it doesn't have an expiration, pops up in our life in various forms, what do you do with it? I watch my husband be an amazing father to our children. And it's a beautiful thing. They deserve that, right? Every child deserves to have two parents that love and adore them, not just close them, not just gives them their basic needs while you're hollering, screaming at them because, you know, you didn't want them here. You didn't feel like all that, but now they're here. Like children should come into the world surrounded by all the love that this world could ever give. Not that our lives are going to, not that lives of children or myself or anybody is going to be perfect, but you should know that at some point you are loved and honored and cared for, right? And I believe children should come into the world that way. And, but even in watching him be an amazing father to him, I've had moments where that has been triggerish to the point of me feeling a certain way, not necessarily me feeling jealous, not even of a place of me feeling like, don't do that with them. They don't deserve it. None of that. It's. I wanted that. So trauma raises his head even in positive times. It doesn't always have to be a negative situation that's happening. Something as positive as watching your children be fathered and loved and cared for, which again, I 1000% stand behind that. I adore the fact that they have that. Like they don't have to have their story. It doesn't have to come from the place that my story came from. But I do know that my story and the things that I've been through is what really in essence makes me who I am or is a part of the story of who I am. And I find that to be something beautiful. Now, I didn't always look at that that way. I have been on a complete, I would say, I want to say between seven or eight years now on a journey self-discovery of discovering the things that make me truly excited and happy about life. That means beyond a podcast, beyond the blog, beyond the title of wife, beyond the title of mother, what truly makes me excited to wake up? What makes me feel fulfilled in this life? What are the, the, the things that make me tick? What are the things that brings me joy? Because I'm one of those people that gets excited about things, which is a far cry from where I was years ago. 
Years ago, I would have a really complaining spirit, a really negative demeanor. And now I find the joy in the smallest of things. I have been very much aware of different holidays, different things that are coming up. And the reason why I took on this, you know, knowing the national holidays was that I wanted to look up and find something that I could smile about every single day. That was really how this started. So when I would post it on my social media, and it was on my personal, everybody would be like, why does she keep posting that? Because I needed to have something that made me smile and made me happy. And by the way, today is hairstyle appreciation day. So go back and look at the old, those old pictures of you with those crazy hairdos. Like when I had my hair, like almost Holly Berry short, or when I had the purple braids, um, when my mom used to do my hair in two cornrows, like hair appreciation, like it just tells your story. It's amazing when you look back and now those same styles are coming back. Hair, hair style appreciation day. But trauma doesn't have to come from a negative place. Something even as, as positive can trigger you. And I believe that we should always be in a position, in a place that we do our due diligence to one, tell our story. Why do we hold like I there's some failures that probably will never get spoken of, right? There are some failures that are just to for me, right? And it may from be a place of maybe shame, maybe it is shame. Maybe it's a maybe it is embarrassment. Um, maybe it's just a whole lot of different things. But there's just so much power in sharing our story. And sharing to people the way that they that you felt like you couldn't go through another, you know, another day and you got through it. Like that pain of feeling like you're not loved or you're not cared for, but then realizing the value you have just inside yourself. And I really have been doing the best that I can to do self love. You know, I should have done this a little flipped, you know, before you get married and before you become, you know, in a relationship with someone, you need to know wholeheartedly who you are, or at least start that process. Because you will then truly be defined by these titles. Again, I am a wife, I'm a mom, I have all these different titles. And I love those titles. I love the people that bring me those titles and what gives me joy holding those titles, but I'm not just that. Right. And if you don't know who you are before you start dating someone, you'll get caught up in this whole dating facade and being on the apps and doing all these different things. And you'll forget the fact that, oh, you just like to go and hang out. You like to go to your brunch on Saturdays and Sundays because you start doing whatever that partner wants you to do. If that partner likes a certain thing, then you like it. And that's a dangerous place to get into. So and also, if you're married, stop cutting off the part of you that makes you you. If you are the type of person that wants to go out and learn how to bake a cake and you want to take cake decorating, decorating class, but your spouse doesn't want to, it's, it's okay to do it yourself. Like there's no law that I know we're, you, you know, we're one, two lives become one, but they, they're not, they don't have to be Velcro. Your lives don't have to be Velcro. You, you can actually go out and do the things that you truly choose to do. You should come into a situation, whether it be a relationship, a marriage, and try to be as whole and happy that you possibly can be. And if you have not started that self-discovery of what it is that you truly love, I, I applaud you to please go ahead and do that. It'll make the days when you are irritated beyond measure with your spouse, because if you think that you love each other so much that that day won't come, then you are going into this thing quite on the wrong foot. There are days in every marriage, every relationship where it just things don't always pan out the way that you want to. Even with my husband and I not having as many arguments that we have had surprisingly in this pandemic and being able to hold each other down and hold our family together and be positive and working out together and trying to eat right and do all those things together. There are still days when I'm like, Lord Jesus, why? And I know he has them too. So it's just a normal way of life. Trauma has no expiration date and other people cannot dictate to you when you should be over something. Oprah's money has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not her success voids out her trauma. It doesn't. And it's amazing to me that people have to be reminded of that. Yes, she is a multi-million dollar billionaire and all those other different things. But at the end of the day, she's still a woman that has gone through things and she has scars that she will always remember. There's scars on you physically that if you look at it, you'll remember exactly what happened. And that's how trauma is. It's up to you whether you carry it to the point where you can't get anything else done. It's up to you if you carry it to the point where you can't uh, function 
Absolutely. That's your job to figure that part out. But it doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to look at that scar and remember what happened. I have scars on me that I can tell you exactly where I got them, how I got them, who put them there. If it was a fall, I could tell you all of those things because you never forget. I want us to con- like, why are we such trash humans that we have to act a fool on the internet? Like the stuff that we say and the things that we communicate on social media can completely be damaging. And I know people are always like, you know, people are so sensitive nowadays, you can't say anything. But the reality is that people are taking more accountability to their mental health in ways that people didn't do that back in the day. Right. It's taboo to talk about when I started off with the post postpartum depression in my blog. When I started off from that journey, it was taboo to talk about. These were types of things that were done and said behind closed doors. And there was really not a lot of support. But I'm like, why not? When I got my hysterectomy and even though, at, you know, I'll be 40 next week, but it was before I had turned 35 years old, but it was something that had to be done. Like it was health wise, it had to be done, but we don't talk about it. So therefore we don't talk about all the things that can happen when you have this full hysterectomy, the emotions that you go through. If you, you know, you think you don't want to have any more children, but then later down the line, you start getting that baby fever. We don't talk about that, right? We're not allowed to talk about how is sex after you get a hysterectomy because God forbid you say anything because you know, we're supposed to hold that in. Who are we supposed to be having these discussions with? Because if we're not allowed to talk about it, or we shouldn't talk about it, or if it's frowned upon, who are, who are we talking about this to? So we're just holding things in? That's what we're doing? You ever try to hold in having to go to the bathroom? It don't work out. So if it doesn't work out for that, why are we doing that with our emotional health and our mental health? There's people walking around that are on emotional um, ticking time bombs right now. Holding on to trauma that they cannot release because we keep making it seem like it's a horrible, bad thing for somebody to speak on the things that they've been through. Now, I do believe you have to watch who you speak them to because not everybody is there to pray for you. They're there to pray for you, P-R-E-Y, and not P-R-A-Y. I do agree with that. But our story should be shared. When I started to share those types of things on my blog, people were like, oh my God, I'm so glad you said something because I had nobody to talk to. When I had it, I actually had to do so much. I mean, I'm a research type person anyway, but there was very limited support systems. There's like a couple of online forums that talk about it, but that's about it. So again, I ask, what do we do? Where, where does this information come from? What, what are we supposed to do with it? It's better out than in, like Shrek said. So if you are dealing with trauma, and I'm sure you are in some extent, even if your life is great, even if your life feels whole, even if your life feels like you're finally at the place you want to be. Remember, trauma has no expiration. And I would rather for you to get the tools that you need. Maybe your tools is to write it in your journal. I personally plan to take all of my journals. I have had them since high school. Actually, I've had them since junior high and I know exactly where they are. And I plan to take all of those journal entries and make it into a book. And I know some people are going to be mad as hell. Because I'm going to do my due justice to tell my story without exposing people. But at some point, some people are going to be mad because there's some parts of my story that just cannot, can't go around it. But I plan to make that into a book because I want somebody else to finally feel like they're free enough to speak on the things that they've been wanting to talk about. This is why people have, you know, this is why there's truly some victims walking around that have had some horrible things done to them and they haven't felt like they've been able to be in a safe place to say something. On the blog, I am very candid about candid about where I've been, the things that I've gone through, the things I've messed up. Like failure is just inevitable. Like it's inevitable in life. And if I would have stopped that failure, I wouldn't be anywhere where I needed to be. Even if, even if I wasn't a podcaster, even if I wasn't a blogger, even if I wasn't all those things, I would probably be in a miserable place. I probably would have lost my mind. I probably would have had a lot of different things happen. But I just feel like all the times that I felt like God spared my life through many car accidents and things that I've had happen in my life, he didn't spare it for me to just sit on my life and just sit around and just let, let it just happen. He didn't sit on my life wasn't wasn't spared because there was something else inside of me. So I feel like I need to put that out. 
And that's why I love being a content creator because I can take the things that other people listen. There are some lifestyle bloggers and I love following their pages. They have the most beautiful aesthetics, right? You go on their page, it feels like you're in this beautiful movie that just ever floats. All of their, you know, the pictures in their homes just look glorious and beautiful and, you know, natural colors and white and just beautiful. However, I'm not here to be your aesthetic person. I will make sure that aesthetics for a certain degree look okay, but I'm not here for that. My point and purpose for being here is not to give you a beautiful living room. My purpose in aesthetics for me to be here is to let somebody know that they're loved and cared for and to keep moving, keep trying, keep pushing. That is, that is the point. It is not because I want you to look at my Instagramable house. My house is really not that Instagramable, right? But at the end of the day, somebody else looking at somebody's aesthetics may not help them to become a better person. And I'm not downing or going against them because in this niche, we're all in this together. We all come together. But somebody's got to be able to look past what you post on social media and see life somewhere. So I wanted to talk about two more topics as we move forward. And I wanted to talk about Steve Harvey. So Steve Harvey has been, I know he was like number one, number two trending on Twitter this week. I want to say this might have been Monday or Tuesday. And an old clip came up of him saying that men and women, basically the whole age old question of can men and women be friends and be platonic and have no other, nothing to happen to them. And you know, all this great stuff. And he was like, no. And people were in their feelings. I read someone that said, you know, this is basically saying that women are only subjected to what we can provide. If we can't sleep with you or we can't mother you, then that's all we are to you. And I would say that that's completely wrong because it is. But I also would say there's a lot of people in this world that believe that. Right. And I think what he and what I interpret, because you may interpret what he said as something different, but how I interpret it is, is that men are going to be there in the wing waiting for their opportunity to make the situation more than just a platonic relationship. Meaning if you have a bunch of male friends and they are hanging around you, they are hanging around you because they are waiting for the day for you to lose your guard. I don't know if I believe that 100%. There are some of my male friends that I just am not attracted to period. And so he's saying that because I have no attraction to my male friends, that's why I AKA have put the stop. Um, some of my friends just have different, for me, some of my male friends just have different purposes. I, when, especially when I got to college, I had the one, I call him my good girlfriend. He was just the guy who, um, we kikied up. That's what we did. We talked, we laughed, we had great times. You know, if I needed support and by support, I just mean somebody to listen to. He was there. He never attempted to, um, come at me or anything like that. I've also had the other male friends who just put me on to game. They would tell me, you know, your boyfriend's trying to play you. Um, they And not because they were trying to get in, like they never advanced at me at any, at any rate and at any point. But it was just like, you know, I understand dudes and he's lying. Or, you know, that dude that was looking at whatever I saw him or, you know, learn more about basketball, learn more about football. Like I just had friends that just, you know, I was like the, the girl, the the girlfriend who wasn't a girlfriend, but a guy friend. So I had kind of like the best of both worlds, but I never seen any time where any of them pushed them against me. However, if T Steve Harvey believes that men are like that, I'm not a man. So I can't speak for men. Right. I just find it is just this age old secret of not even secret, this long going conversation. Can men and women be truly friends? And it just be that. I don't know. I just know that for me, my male friends are in their particular spot and maybe that's because that's where I want them to be. But there's been a few of my guy friends that I would say I have found attraction in like a, that, you know, I would look at them and be like, you know, they, they're cute. Right. But that's it. Like even with them being cute, fine, whatever you want to call, I just never felt the need to, to step over that line. Like I just never did. And some of it too, is because some of them cute ones too, for at least some of my cute friends, 
their attitudes and the way they carry themselves and the things that they do. I'm just like, yeah, I've seen way too much of the stuff that's happening in your life. And so I don't want no parts of that. And again, let's be clear. This was before marriage. I don't need y'all saying, oh my gosh, she said no. But let me just say also, I am married, but my eyes are very much open and I'm not blind. So I'm going to see a fine man. It's not like my husband is the only finest man on the earth. And so I ain't going to never see a fine man. I ain't going to never see it. Like that's really not how life works. Fine men and fine women are all over God's green earth, right? They're all over Beyonce's planet. They are all on Al Green's, um, Al, Al Green, huh? Al Gore's internet. So they're everywhere, right? So it's a respect, but in the same token, fine men or fine men. I just find it strange that we're still having this argument. I just feel like people need to make the best decisions for them. If Steve Harvey feels like Steve Harvey needs to put a separation between him and his female friends, then that works for him and his marriage, more power to him. I don't feel like we have to take this and make this into a thing. You know, people are going to be on one side or the other and people may be in the middle. Why are we not just at a situation where we just do what's best for us? As much as I do blogs and I give advice, I give advice according to the things that I've been through. They come from my lens, my perspective. So they work for my life. And if there are parts of my life that resonate with you, then it makes sense. If there are parts of my life that don't make sense to you, you're going to disagree and you have that option to do so. All I say is whatever you do is respect the relationships that you're in. If you are supposed to be in a monogamous relationship, keep it that way. If you have gotten to the point where monogamy is no longer for you, tell the person that you are dealing with prior to you stepping out of the relationship and or bringing home an STD, which I just want to give a quick reminder. According to, I believe it's the CDC, I have to get my quotes together, but they're saying basically they feel like STDs is going to be on the rise because everybody's been pinned up in the house and they done got their shots and they're ready to get out here and mingle. And I'm all for doing that, but wrap it up. Someone, I think on the real, they said, wrap it up, wax it up and vax it up. Do what you need to do to protect yourself. Last but not least, Mendici. I don't know if he was a rapper. I don't know what he does, but I do know he was on Love and Hip Hop. And I believe it was Love and Hip Hop New York. Now, this was back when I was watching uh, uh, reality TV. I don't watch um, as much reality TV. I'm watching more like series and shows and things like that, but not necessarily reality television. It's just not something that I do anymore. It's been quite, I want to say three years that I've watched reality TV. However, Mendeecees and his wife, not wife, maybe wife, could be wife. I don't know. There was some drama between whether or not they were truly married. They had this big um, wedding on the show. But then apparently it was like a spiritual um, ceremony. And then I believe later on, they might have actually gotten married. I have no idea. But Mendeecees was in jail for quite a few years. He has since been released. He is home with his family. They are doing whatever it is that they do. And they're on a new show. I have not watched the show, but I have watched the clips by which I'm going to talk about today. So in the clips, it is him saying to Yandy, the wife or not wife, whoever, the lady of his life, Yandy, that he felt like when he was in jail, that she wasn't picking up the phone as often. She wasn't calling as often. She wasn't answering emails as often. Her rebuttal to that was I was here having to work all these different jobs, having to run all these different businesses to make sure that we were paying the bills while you were in jail. I just didn't always have the time, which, you know, I can understand that. Plus, they have children together. He had other children outside of the marriage. It was just a whole bunch of other little things happening. So then the question was posed, would he, if he was, the situation was reversed and she had to go to jail for a few years, could he hold her down? Now, holding a person down means making sure that you basically wait and you don't have any illicit relationships with another person until that person comes home. And so when the question was posed, he was like, I'm not sure what I would do. Now, since that clip has come out, he has clarified that he's saying you never know what you're going to do. However, when he said that, that's a slap in the face to her who actually did, quote unquote, hold him down. Now, there has been very tough situations that men and women have come into the situation to women are just more, in my opinion, women are more inclined to hold someone down. Now, we know that there's people like Papoose and Remy Ma who have definitely defied those odds. However, women are genuinely 
the ones who would hold um, a man down as they go to jail, especially black women. And so for him to just come off the cuff and say, I'm not sure if I would hold you down after she had done the same for him was like a gut check. What I will also bring up with this topic in this conversation is be very clear that you listen to what a person is saying. Um, I know actions speak louder than words, but people's words do reveal their hands. And so you got to be able to listen. And I would caution women to listen to what a man says and don't add nothing to it. Don't put no flavor on it. Don't season it. Don't put no spin on it. Don't, don't, don't switch it up. When a man tells you that they, and I'm not saying that in this particular case that he's saying that he doesn't want her. What I'm saying, there have been times when men have said, I am not ready for a relationship. And women have said things like, oh, he doesn't know if I'm the one. So I have to make sure I show him that I'm, he's, that I'm the one. That man did not say that he's looking to see if you were the one. He said, I'm not interested in a relationship. So when I say don't add no flavor, when I say don't add no seasoning, when I say don't add no adobo, don't add no sasson, don't add nothing to it. That is what I mean. That man told you that he wasn't interested in a relationship. That should be a hard stop. And what we do, we hear with our women ears, right? And we say, oh, again, yeah, so I'm going to show him that I'm the one. I'm going to show him that he is needs to be ready to be with me because I'm such a great woman. Listen, you are an amazing woman. You're just not the woman for that man. So. We have to stop putting things and adding things to the story. When I heard him say that to her, I heard him say, I'm not, I'm not sure if I could do that, which is what he said. And when he clarified it, but again, we have to stop doing all this holding of the, you know, holding people down and being a ride or die because this mentality of being a ride or die is very problematic to me. To me, you might think it's the most endearing conversation, the most endearing phrase, but I find so much problems with that because to be a ride or die, what am I riding for? And why am I giving up my life? Like we have to honestly ask ourselves that there's some of us, I know I have in the past been this whole, I'm going to ride or die. Listen, I had this amazing, well, at the time, you know, when you're young and, you know, young and dumb, I had this boyfriend and in my mind, he was the best thing since sliced bread. However, again, when you hear from the perspective of hearing from what a man says versus putting that sasson, that extra, you know, that extra uh, little sprinkle on there, he specifically said that he did not want to be married. He only wanted to have children from different women because he wanted children from different races. So he wanted a black baby. He wanted a Spanish baby. He wanted whatever else other colors of babies he wanted. And for me, I heard that hard stop because at the time I was like, now hold up. I'm not going to have nobody's baby. So that's that, that ain't for me. You ain't got to worry about it. But at the times that I had dated him, he was a great guy for that moment. After I dated, stopped dating him. And we, if there wasn't any drama, wasn't any um, issues, we uh, went our separate ways. He then revealed who he was. He was literally going out to do those things to find a, gr a girl, a woman who he could basically have several children, children with. And so in that it was, he was dating someone else. He was dating other people at the same time. It was just like a whole gamut. What I would like to say now, unless he lied to me, which is very possible that he could have, what if he cheated on me? I don't know. I don't care. It's been years. What I will say is from what I was understood and what I have known was that at the time he didn't do it and cheat on me. And at the time he at least was honest with me, even if I didn't like his answer, you have to learn that you're not going to be able to change a man's answer. Whatever he has in his heart, just no different than you, whatever you have in your heart, you're going to do. So whatever he had in his heart, he was going to be set out to do. Now that doesn't mean that I needed to ride with him. I did not need to take that ride. What am I doing? So was I supposed to stay with him while he was having multiple children and be one of the, his baby mamas? Not Latoy. Not I. Because at the time, man, I was out here doing my doing my thing. Like I was, listen, single and I was out here ready to mingle and I was ready to just do whatever it is that I was doing. And at no time was I interested in having no children right then. I didn't have my child till years later after that conversation with him. So again, you got to listen. You got to put those hard stops. Stop adding things. Men are very simple. 
And I struggle with that too. So I'm not going to sit there and act like I just all of a sudden I don't, I'm a guru of men. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I've struggled with that in, as well. But you got to listen when they say they're telling you exactly where they are. It's just that we want to add flavor and you can't add flavor to everything. Add flavor to your food, right? Add flavor to your food. But you can't add flavor to people's personalities. You can't always add flavor to people's personalities and what they present to you in the ways that they're that the, who they are. You just can't. Sometimes we want to smooth things over that is truly rough. I had a bad boy phase. I had a bad boy phase too. And I don't know why I went through that. But I had a bad boy phase, you know, oh, the dude that went to jail. He's for me. No, nah, it was like juvie jail. It wasn't like I was very young. But again, ride or die. What in the world as a 15, 16 year old? What am I waiting on? This young man was going to jail. And what was I supposed to do? It was nothing I do. We were in two different worlds. But I will say, though, if I had to think about it, we weren't as off. We weren't in two different worlds. And we had a lot of connection. So even though he looked like he was so far off, this is the reason why people sit there and blame the person that they dated. And they're like, oh, this person, this person, this person. You better look back at yourself. There are so many parts that I saw now that I have better eyes. <laughs> and I'm not just talking about my glasses. Being older and seeing things, you're like, you know what? There were some things in you that resonated with that. So when you're dating somebody and you want to point the finger at why you're dating them and they're so off, they're so off, you better figure out where you were off because there was an off connection that brought y'all two together. And this is why people get on my last and final nerve when they sit there and say that they want certain things from a person that they're not willing to give. You want a person with abs, but you ain't worked out in a month of Sundays. You want a person with good credit, but you're not even working on your own credit. You want a person that's well-traveled and you don't even have a passport. These are things that I feel like when you're dating, you really should really be putting out what you truly want. And you can't put pressure on people to do things for you or to have things for you or to have things in line that you want, but you're not also willing to put into the atmosphere. How are you going to attract somebody who's out here in the gym, but you don't want to be at the gym at all? And I'm not saying that there's not a way to attract that because not everybody's body types. It's not about that. It's about learning to be equally yoked. And I used to think, you know, when you're on, I'm a PK, I've said this a thousand one times, equally yoked men, you had to be like the certain denomination in church. So you couldn't be like Pentecostal messing with a Baptist, or you couldn't be like Kojic messing with non-denominational. They don't always mix, even though they really do. It's not that deep. Um, but equally yoked means having something to the table where you guys have an agreement. You have the audacity to want to raise children the same way. You actually want to have the love and the mindset that you want to live your life in certain manners that fit well with each other. And we take this whole equally yoked thing to mean it's just a spiritual, which is very huge and very big. But I know people who went to the same church, had the same doctrine, had the same pastor, and they were unequally yoked because the things that mattered to them the most, the things that they didn't communicate. This is why I keep talking about sharing your story. The things that they were communicating never even went and made sense for the person that they were with because they were not even in the same, same wavelength. The two of them should have not even been married. Should have never got together because the two of them didn't match. It was just like oil and water, but they didn't realize that because for at least for my old church, everything was just marriage minded. I talked about this in a couple of podcasts before. Just get married, get married, get married, get married. Do you know how ridiculous I was at an 18 year old going to college talking about I can't wait till I get my husband in college and get married? What? In college? At 18? That ain't where you're supposed to be worrying about getting married. I'm not saying that you won't find or some people have not found the love of their life. My husband and I met in college. We did not date each other from college on, but we were at the time college sweethearts. We dated for the majority of my, of at least my college um, time. He was there an extra semester or so. But for the most of my college time, we were college sweethearts. We dated each other in college most of the time. I say that because we had a little breakup here and there, but we were together. And so I say all of that to say we cannot keep being this ride or die and this goes both ways not just for women this is not a men women get yourself together no everybody get yourself together everybody everybody get yourself together stop committing to people that have no commitments to you so 
Mendici is saying he's not sure if the situation was reversed. Could he do it? That has to be a horrible thing to hear. I know it wasn't me. And I was like, ooh, that has to sting. Because she literally held him down. So for him to get home now, which is very common if you date somebody that is in jail and you get married while they're in jail, there's plenty of people that marry these people while they're in jail. And then when they get out and get that good taste of freedom and see some new booty, they keep moving because that's how that works. Everybody loves Jesus in jail, right? Everybody wants to turn their life around when they're in. But if it's not truly in them when they get out, they're not going to make it stick. So if you keep fooling with these people and people of any gender, and you're sitting up there putting more energy into any relationship and it's one sided, you're going to only you're going to be hurt the most. Facts, you're going to be hurt the absolute most because you're putting all of your energy, all of your eggs in one basket and you're not going to always get the right return. And this is why people have trauma. Some people don't want to ever get married because of the trauma that they saw from their parents. If their parents were married and divorced, they don't want to go through that. It's a sticky situation for them. That's a trauma. That is a trigger for them. They're not willing to take that bandaid off and deal with that. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to go through the emotions of ups and downs and only to turn around and then be divorced. There are people who were abused as a child. And so they don't have children of their own because they don't want to bring a child into the world where this is a possibility. There are people who just have different levels of trauma. There's people who can't even sit next to another man or a man period because they've been raped. And so they can't do it. Our trauma definitely does not have an expiration date. What has been my self-care for the week? Podcasting, listening to podcasts again. I've been deeping, dealt and so deep into them. Every day I've been listening to a different podcast while I work out. It's just what I do. I enjoy it. Another thing is I have been making better ways of working smarter. Now I do my content planning a month ahead. It's just what I do. And I usually finalize it like this is the week where I finalize it because, you know, ding dong, tomorrow's May 1st. Hello. So with that in mind, um, trying to find better ways to outsource has been self-care for me. And realizing that I need to take breaks. For instance, I think I might have done maybe one or two blogs this week, which is very abnormal for me. But those little breaks in between are very helpful. So recognizing when I need a break, recognizing when I need to take a nap, recognizing when I need to say no. Those have been the things that I've actually been more in tune this week because this week has been such a struggle. Um, like I said, when I was talking to my husband about how emotional I was, I realized that I was just struggling. And I can't tell you why I was struggling. Like, it's not because it's a secret. It's just I couldn't put my finger on it. But being able to talk about it to my husband. And we've been having these really good check-ins with each other. Him to me and I to, um, to him. It's been helping the both of us, I believe. So that we're able to put that out there in the atmosphere. And then be able to at least understand each other a little bit better. Have more of an understanding. Which, listen, in every relationship, you need that. You want to feel heard, you want to feel seen, and you want to be understood. And that's been helpful. Um, so those have been my self-care for the week. I am still writing in my gratitude journal. This is the last day of the month, so I'm going to post that on my Instagram, um, I believe later today at some point. And I am going to share the different things that I have happened this month and they've been different things every single day that I have found that have made me the happiest, that made me feel great, that just brought nothing but gratitude and, and thankfulness in my heart or joy in my life. So I've done that for now for the whole month of April. I just got the book. So it's a one year book where you write, write down at least one or two things that you are grateful for. And the ideal is that you'll have one year, 365 days of gratitude and to be honest with you, it's a good prompt for me and maybe for you to write that down so that you have a sense of when things go left. Because listen, being grateful, having gratitude in your heart, having joy in your life, being able to recognize your traumas, you know, getting your sleep, minding the business that pays you, drinking your water, getting on your exercise, all those things matter. However, 
it's not going to stop things from happening in life. But when you can look back on those times when you felt like you were on, when you do fall, you know what you have to look forward to. You know that you've done it once and you can get back up again. And I think that's the part that we're missing because the world is struggling right now. Right? We're all in some form, in some way, struggling. Just for me, like for me, just hearing the stories of every time I turn around the news of some black person that's been shot by the police or something that's happened, those are traumatic, right? As a group of black people, whether I know you or not, and I'm not speaking for us as a whole, it's not my job to speak for us, but I can say there's so many of us struggling, right? I don't even want to look at the news. I don't even want to hear it because I already know that it's going to go left, So keeping your self-care, knowing what it is that you need at any given moment, it's not just self-care Sundays, right? Not the day where you just do your, you know, your massages and you do your facials. It's beyond that. It's beyond a facial. It's beyond um, a massage, although I'm not against either one. I'm here for that. So I'm hoping y'all can get your lives together so we can get this stuff over so I can go back to getting my facials every six weeks. But in spite of all of that, the world is already in enough downwardness, like as far as emotion. So this is why I try to find self-care every single day. The other day, something as simple as listening, I mean, not listening, but reading my Essence magazine brought me good joy. I was able to sit down, have my snack, eat my little snack and read my magazine. None of the kids around, no one to interrupt me, no one to ask, can I have some, um, all that stuff. Do you know that I'm the only vegan in my house? So therefore, all of my food is very distinct about what it is, who is it for. And I will still have some little hand out talking about, let me try that. I'm a vegan too. They say they're a vegan anytime they see that I have something that they want. Now, my husband, I don't ever have to worry about him touching my stuff. God is good. But them kids will come and ask me for every little thing that I have. But in spite of that, I still was able to find some joy. I was able to steal away and enjoy my snack. You know, sometimes I get in my car and go to the furthest Starbucks and just drive with the windows down that the weather is getting nice. Or even when it wasn't, just put the heat on and just drive and go get my Starbucks and drink and take the longest route back home. That's self-care. It doesn't have to be a lot of, it doesn't have to be super expensive. That Starbucks drink was probably like five sixty-seven because I get the mango dragon fruit refresher with lemonade and that's five sixty-seven, right? And that's for the trend. So that's like the biggest cup. So I for what $5 and even you want to say it cost me $5 in gas so be it that's $10 that is a great self care moment I listen to a podcast all the way there or just the ability to listen to adult music that's not a kids bop right that is self care putting on music that has words that I can't say or I shouldn't say in front of the kids right that self care sometimes so As we go through this weekend and as we are starting to prepare for Mother's Day, I have been posting and we'll post again in the in the notes, the Mother's Day guide that I made. I want us to find a way for those who have their mothers around. And let me preface that this is the hardest time of the year. There are some people where this is like their Christmas. Christmas and Mother's Day is one of the most hardest times of the year for most people when they have gone through missing the love of their mother or their grandmother or a mother figure, or if they never met their mom because their mom passed away before they were born or whatever the case, there's so many different scenarios where making this holiday hard. So let's keep those people in our prayers and our hearts because it's hard for them. However, if you do have your mom and your relationship is good, it's not a toxic situation and you're looking to get her a gift, try to gift her something with purpose. Don't just throw her a gift card and some flowers. Don't just give her a card and call it a day. Gift her something that you believe she truly wants. There is a mom that loves everything. There's the mom that loves that loves tech. There's moms that love organization. There's moms that love self-care. Find out what you know your mom. You've been around her long enough. And find her something that you know she would want or sometimes something that she wants that she wouldn't buy herself because she believes it's too expensive. You know, us as a mom, you know, for those who are moms, I will go into a Target and clean a Target store out for my kids or household products. But I'm not always apt to pull the trigger when it comes to things that are not just for like upkeep. Like if it's something for like, you know, my hair or something like that, I'll definitely buy that without hesitation. But let me go and decide I'm going to buy an outfit. 
I will think 15 different ways that money could be dispersed between my three children because that's what moms do. Moms are completely selfless, most part, right? So I want you to gift your mom, if you are gifting, to gift her something with purpose. So that is what my my Mother's Day gift guide is about, finding the purpose for what your mom may want and getting her something she wants, not something that you hope she doesn't like so you can take it, right? Something that is gifting with purpose and give mom the freaking day off. I personally am not cooking. I know my family is already don't even have, I don't even have to say nothing. They already know the deal. I am not cooking. Uh, Mother's Day is on May 9th. Uh, my birthday is on May 10th. So I'm not cooking or doing anything for that whole pretty much probably that whole weekend. So Mother's Day weekend is a wrap. I ain't doing nothing. I probably won't resume duties until Tuesday, May 11th. I'm just saying. But I actually have a spouse that makes my birthday amazing. So I'm grateful for that. I want you to have a great week. This is Friday. So we usually grab a drink of choice. Can I say I cannot wait to have a glass of wine. I have been really, really good. And so I'm going to have a glass of wine today. And this weekend is going to be, I start my 10 day celebration that leads up to my birthday. It's called toy bration. I know it sounds extra, but listen to me. I'm only one person and God brought me here on this earth to be a blessing. And so I get to be a blessing to myself for 10 days. And what that means is I do things for me. So that means I may go out, grab me something that's for myself. It could be my favorite drink, it could be my favorite restaurant food. It's only for me. I don't invite nobody else unless I'm hanging out with like a friend or something like that. But for 10 days, starting tomorrow, I will be out here safely in these streets enjoying who what makes me me? I might just go out and buy another plant or I might take, you know, go to an exam, something to that effect. But whatever it is, it is going to be a 10 day celebration of the things that make me me, the things that I love. And I'm about to be 40. So I'm really excited about that. So I want you to have a great weekend. I also am going to be releasing my project. I have been working with a project with what to expect. They are the book, the holy grail of all expecting moms. And we're talking about my postpartum journey. Um, it's not going to be available today, but I will. If you follow me on social media, I will be posting that tomorrow because it comes out tomorrow and I'm excited. So have a great weekend. Get ready to treat these moms right. Find something for yourself this weekend that truly makes you you. Fill your cup up before you start filling anybody else's up. I love our Sundays in our house, which are, which are so chill. Saturdays are chill too, but Sundays is such the best part of the weekend. I know we have our Sunday scaries, but for the most part, Sundays are amazing in the store household. It's one of the most peacefulest time. People are like, eh, do I want to put clothes on that? Okay, let's not do that. Whatever the people, whatever we want to do, that's what we do. And you know what's great? The pandemic is happening. So we don't really have to have people over. We don't have to have a whole fanfare. It's just calm, cool, and relaxing. So have a good weekend. Have an amazing day today. And thank you for supporting. Remember to share. Remember to like. Remember to subscribe. Remember to download. And leave a review. And again, if this resonated something within you, share, 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 share. And I appreciate you. And I'll see you next Friday. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.